welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. This is a special show. This is the Dads, Leaders, and Father Figures kickoff show. Happy to be with my fellow authors here, Kevin Spanout, Jeff Evner. Guys, welcome to the program and uh, excited to kick this uh, this book off uh, with you. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Andrew. This is great. I'm looking forward to it, pal. Yeah. yeah. Always a pleasure to be with you, Andrew. This is good. Larry Dake is jumping in here now. Let's see if we can uh, bring Larry in as well. Um, my name is Andrew Murata. I am one of the authors here um, on the Dads, Leaders, and Father Figures book. Here it is. Uh, we all just got our copies here. And for our audience here, uh, this is a new book on leadership. This is a new book uh, for fathers. And um, Jeff, Kevin, and Larry and I are excited about it. Um, so guys, before we get to our questions, I'm going to try to bring Larry in here. Uh, but Kevin, Jeff, why don't you introduce yourself quick? Tell us where you're from and uh, a little bit about yourself. Go ahead, Kev. All right. I'm Kevin Spainauer. I'm a high school principal at West Forsyth High School in Clemens, North Carolina. It's right outside of Winston-Salem. Those of you that may have heard of Wake Forest University, that is home of uh, Winston-Salem. And so um, I'm at a high school of about 2,400 students and uh, about 150 employees. I've got four children, ages 14 to 20, two boys and two girls, uh, and a, an awesome wife I've been married to for 23 years. So um, we are living life and, and trying to navigate the, uh, the waves as they come to us. And uh, just excited about this project from the beginning last spring. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get more into that in a minute, I know, uh, and, and talking about just the process. But it's been great to work with these other gentlemen and, and for all of us to be able to bounce our own ideas and then now to be able to hopefully share those out uh, to all the fathers around. We're excited about this. Jeff? Hey, well, hey. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You have a guest there with you? Who's next to you, Kevin? Is that guy in the book? Who's that guy? Uh, this guy, his name's yeah. Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> I am actually, he, he does have a name. Uh, I'm actually sitting at Jimmy. my son's. Um, my son saved his money and purchased a whole gaming desk and gaming. My 14-year-old, He's uh, a lot popular probably than any of us. He's got over uh, almost 1,500 subscribers on YouTube. Wow. He is, um, and, and Jimmy is very much part of his gaming uh, persona. So uh, cool. I, I just thought I would include Jimmy in our podcast tonight on compliments of Will Spainauer. Nice, nice. I, I don't know if I read his excerpt in the book, but we could see about the re-release. Yeah, he, he might be in uh, second edition. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Take it away. Oh, thank you, guys. Uh, Jimmy, it's a pleasure meeting you. It's about time you got involved in this process, my friend. Uh, my name is Jeff Evner. Uh, I currently serve as the Assistant Superintendent for Instruction for the Homer Central School District. Uh, it's a district of about 1,950 students, uh, about 30 miles due south of Syracuse, New York, uh, better known as the Finger Lakes region. Um, Beautiful. Stuff here. I, <laughs> I, um, I have three children. Um, my oldest is six. Um, my middle child is four, both boys. Um, and my youngest just turned eight months old. Sweet Emma. Wow. Um, sweet, Emma. She is, sweet Emma. And she's just uh, made our family whole. Um, so 
again, yeah. I, I, I resonate a lot of the comments or a lot of comments Kev said uh, resonate with me in that. I never thought I'd be an author, never thought I would write a book, uh, but I have three wonderful now friends uh, who pushed and invited me and test my thinking and and um, help me become an author. So for that, I am grateful and I'm just excited to be here tonight. Nice. Cool, Jeff. Uh, very cool. The whole thing has been great. Uh, guys, we have a number of people watching live. If you are watching, we'd love to hear from you. Jump in with a question or a comment for us. Um, but go well, ahead and jump in there on the know. chat. Yeah. Uh, Larry, we know you got 18 things going on. You got games. You got uh, Saini's chat. Um, but if you have some time for yeah. us here on uh, Dad's Leaders and Father's Figures, we'll take it. Yeah, so I'm outside of a gym at my daughter's modified basketball game. I am in the Binghamton, New York area. Uh, my name is Larry Dake. I'm the assistant superintendent in the Binghamton City School District and uh, really excited about this project. I just think back into two things about working with these gentlemen. One is the initial Zoom call we had. I, I don't remember exactly when it was, maybe approximately a year ago, where this was just an idea. And then meeting in Syracuse, beautiful part of the Finger Lakes region, in July, and uh, and among many experiences, I, I think sitting in that little ca that cafe where we were and just taking our chapters and reading them and putting them without really ever having met you three guys in person before was really an incredible experience that I've had in my life of just synergistically coming together. And you know, I think after that moment, I knew this would be a pretty special project. So. I'm really excited to be here. Um, and again, I, I apologize for kind of being on the move in mobile. But um, right, this is what we wrote about you. you. You make it happen. And sometimes you're balancing things. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. And uh, it's all about trying to figure that out what's best for your career and best for your family. So really, really excited to be here. I want to thank everyone who's able to join us as well. Awesome, Larry. Take it easy on the refs tonight up there. Yeah. Uh, I don't, no heckler. I, I got thrown out of the gym, so that's why I'm, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Modified girls basketball. It's very serious. <laughs> uh, and my name is Andrew Murata. I'm the uh, the last leg of this uh, all star team here. Uh, happy to be part of this project. And uh, um, again, if you're watching the show live, jump in with a question or a comment. This is our kickoff show. The book is live on Amazon. Uh, and Jeff just got his bulk author copies uh, up there in the Finger Lakes region. Nice. Um, but let's kick off the show here. We're going to talk a little bit about um, uh, the authors. We're going to talk a little bit about the book. And Kevin, we'll, we'll start with you. Um, I know you've been writing in a little black book, writing down quotes, writing down things ever since we were in college way back when. Um, and and now, you're, now you're an author. So, Kevin, let's start with... What does it mean for you to be part of this project? Uh, yeah, so it is true. I've been um, with an athletic background and coaching background uh, that I've had. I've always kind of been a quotes guy. I've always enjoyed um, the written word in, in some form or fashion, just kind of um, things that I would, you know, find meaningful uh, and I would just jot them down. Never did I think, as Jeff mentioned earlier, never did I think that I would be authoring a book of any sort. Um, but this project, and, and I, I'm very grateful for these guys and grateful for you, Andrew, for kind of holding my feet to the fire, so to speak, and saying, hey, let's do this. Um, because I enjoyed the process so much more than I, I thought I would. Um, just, you know, kind of storytelling and crafting um, 
the stories and getting to talk about and, and think about sharing um, family moments and family things that my wife and I have kind of gone through. And sometimes a lot of times it's trial and error. But I think that uh, being authentic and being genuine in that way, um, it also helped me to kind of digest and reflect even as I was writing uh, on on my parenting, you know, uh, trials and my parenting successes and failures. Uh, and also, you know, it, I thought it was great how each of us are kind of in different stages of parenting. Uh, but yeah, that was it was really enjoyable. I, I, it's something actually, believe it or not, I'm, I've already kind of putting my wheels in motion about what maybe a, a solo venture uh, into my next book might be. So, well, you know, I, uh, Andrew, I, I want to jump in real quick. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Kev said something. I, I just I wrote it down on the back of an old bill. I've been I must be saving to pay at some point. But you know, in writing this book, and I, you know, it's a great question. But my life moments with my family, to me, there were moments in my mind. Writing these stories, they became memories for me. And I, I think that's my biggest takeaway is I was going through life, experiencing my young children, and I wasn't really reflecting and thinking and, you know, remembering and 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 taking in the moment. Um, and this book has helped me certainly take these moments. And now they're becoming stories in my life. And I find myself writing things down more often about what my kids are doing, what we're doing, you know, moments my wife and I have. Um, so this book really was a cathartic experience for me in that way that, you know, my moments in my life became stories. They came alive on the page and it was incredible. And now they're there for a lifetime as you're raising your brand new baby there, Jeff. So awesome. Uh, just give a shout out to Katie LaFrance, Waverly, New York, uh, here on the show. Thanks for tuning in, uh, Katie. Uh, Kevin, my follow-up question is, we all wrote personal stories. Jeff just started talking a little bit about that. Uh, you really went in depth, Kevin, about experiences with your kids. You got teenagers, right? Jeff's not asking his baby if, if he can write a story about it, but you got 18, 19, 20-year-old girls. Um, did you, like, run the stories by them or kind of get your kids like, hey, kids, I'm going to share this in a national book here. Uh, you know, are you guys down with it or you just did you just do it? Uh, yeah, great question. And actually. Um my children had not read any of the excerpts, uh, any of the chapters of the book uh, until the book arrived a couple of days ago. And uh, they have since been, it's been a very lively conversation around our house about, well, dad, <laughs> this is not exactly how it went. That's not how, you know, and, you know, maybe my, my memory and sometimes is a little skewed. Um, but, you know, as a father, I think that's part of what we do is, and we talk a lot in our family about, you know, being secure and confident in who you are um, and being authentic in that way. And so as, as I thought about, you know, writing the book, it, it was more about less, I, I wanted to make it personal uh, and so there were a couple, you know, there were a couple stories in there that, you know, when you read them, um, you know, the story about my daughter saying, I love you, persistent love, um, and how she as a toddler, um, you know, just kind of, it's not that she was intentionally refusing, but those were words that we didn't get to hear very often or at all when she was young. 
And, uh, and so I did run a couple of those by our kids, or at least kind of gave them a heads up that, Hey, you might see this when the book comes out, but a lot of the stories are things that we as a family already connect and kind of rehash and, and live through year to year. Um, and so those are stories, you know, like the story of my two-year-old uh, sitting at the kitchen table from the time we cleaned up the dishes at dinner because he refused to tell me who cut his hair earlier that Ooh. day. Uh, that story is something that, you know, kind of lives in infamy around our household. Like it's something that gets brought up. So um, although, yeah, sure. Very personal. I think once they saw it written in the book and they actually were holding a tangible book, I think it became real to my children. Um, but I will say, you know, like Jeff said and mentioned, I think it's very uh, it, it's it's a cathartic experience. It's very real when somebody walks up to you at my school uh, and says, you know, Mr. Spainauer, how great, how awesome it is. I read a chapter of your book. You know, that was such a great story uh, to connect that way. And then to hopefully the mission of all of this, the reason we're doing it is, is to try to help fathers. Uh, yeah. to try to help, you know, dads who are leading and are trying to balance um, what it means to lead a family, but also lead an organization. And so hopefully this can be a great book that uh, will resonate and will provide a positive um, benefit for, for everybody who's reading it and getting to kind of share in those experiences. Awesome, Kevin. Thanks, man. And, and they were great stories. And I'm blessed to know your children. Um, Larry, I don't know if you're ready to accept questions at this time here. Yeah, or if you're no, ready I'm to good, jump guys. in. I'm you're good. good. You're, yeah. yeah, I got I got one for Larry. I got I got one for Larry. Okay. All right, let's, um, let's turn it over. So so Larry, you're one of the <laughs> two guys. You and Andrew have already authored a book. Jeff and I were rookies in this process. Uh, but you had already authored a book. How was this process and writing this book different for you than your previous? Yeah, I think the collaborative nature of this project was really special for me, um, being able to learn from the three of you and also really to reflect on the stories that that I wrote about. I think at one point during the process, I, you know, I know we've got this text chain that's been you know alive for, for a few months now, but it was it was a really say intensive, reflective experience to think back on some of these things, um, both for better and for worse in a lot of ways. And so I think it was more personal in, in this case. Um, and, and also really, I think, and it's something Andrew really has, has really touched on a lot in his work is the power of storytelling and people can really connect to that. And I, I can connect to the stories that, that you three read, that a lot of our guest authors read, but then also when you put your personal stuff down on paper, it almost takes on a more objective measure than when it's in your head and you read it. And maybe you read it two to three months later after it's been written. And certainly when the book came in the mail, that was an even more powerful experience because it's been a few months since we've done that process. So I think the personal nature of it, I think the, the, the ability and the, the privilege to work with other like-minded individuals um, also was really special. So, you know, I think for me, there, there's a benefit to doing the solo work, but there's certainly also a benefit to doing some collaborative work like we've done. Yeah. Well, it, it was, I, 
thoroughly enjoyed getting to know both of you through this process. Andrew and I have a bit of a history um, <laughs> from dating all the way back in the in the mid '90s uh, in college, but getting to know the two of you and and then expanding, you know, from my North Carolina lens on what education is and leading uh, organizations in North Carolina, hearing what it means to be a leader uh, in in New York and 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 whatnot is is kind of a great it was a great eye opening. Um, way for me to kind of experience this as well. So uh, I've, I've really enjoyed that. Larry, what was the story? Um, what was the story that you really connected with? Uh, yeah. When you I think, back I and, me, and, and someone earlier in the, in the, the chat had mentioned like your kids reading this and yeah. that's a special experience. I mean, for me, my kids have all taken turns reading some of it at some point. And, you know, I think the, the story about my oldest in our trips to Cape May, you know, she kind of took that as like, well, I'm still going to come when I'm older, you know, and I, and I presented that story as instead of thinking of things in terms of years, I got six more years. You really, if, if you do that trip once a year, you only have six more times to go as a family, five more times to go as a family. And so I think having them read some of that and, and see it maybe from my lens or from a different lens has been pretty special. So that's probably been the chapter that I think uh, has been the most interesting. There's also a chapter in there that I titled, What the Hell Am I Doing in Rochester? And my seven-year-old cannot get over the fact that I used the word hell. <laughs> and I tried to explain to her, I don't really use that language a lot. It was really for catch the reader's attention. I mean, she'll turn to it and be like, look at what you wrote. So, you know, another lesson as a father, they're always watching, they're always interpreting, always. they're always kind of taking something, which I think we all know, but now when they're reading stories about themselves, it's even more poignant. So that story in particular, the Rochester story, my son's story about being Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile is his favorite. So they've all kind of grasped onto what their favorites are, and, and that's been pretty cool. Nice, nice. We'll turn it over. Uh, Larry, you got something for Jeff here? I think Yeah, Jeff's you know, Jeff's experience is really unique throughout this process in that, you know, we're all dads, we're all leaders. But Jeff was truly, in the middle of this project, a brand new father. He mentioned he has an eight-year-old. Um, so, Jeff, I mean, you know, we've all done a lot in our lives and our careers. I can speak for myself. I never wrote a book while having a baby. I, I can tell you that. So, you know, what was that experience like and how did you – do the best you could to sort of give everything the best of your attention in that, in that era. I mean, certainly she's only eight months old, but particularly in those first weeks, months, as we were kind of bringing this project to conclusion and you had a newborn. Yeah. Uh, great question. It was, uh, it was interesting, you know, cause as my other two kids, you know, they're six and four. So they're, you know, they're my, my, my two boys, you know, they're, they're needy as well, right? They they want dad, they want mom around playing constantly. Uh, we're playing referee constantly. Uh, but writing, you know, a book in the midst of your wife being uber pregnant and at the tail yeah. end of the pregnancy, um, it was hard. I'm not going to lie. It was hard. And I have a saint uh, for a wife. My wife got this <laughs> an amazing, patient, um, and, and, and never holds me back from pursuing my passions, my dreams. Um, you know, since, since I've known her, uh, I've worked in, uh, three different school districts, 
um, because I'm I'm pursuing a career um, that ultimately will I hope will lead to the superintendency, which is my ultimate professional goal. Um, so it's it's having that support at home that you know okay you know go take five ten minutes to to, to write a chapter, uh, stay up late, get up a little early, um, you know find time to get this done while the other two kids are sleeping and and uh, but yeah having a baby was tough and I remember um, you know Larry sent a text to our group chat our group text one time saying, you know, guys, I think Jeff's in a little different position here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's that, that text still resonates with me. Um, that, yeah, you know, holding a newborn baby and trying to jot notes for a chapter. Um, you know, especially when your dominant arm is left-handed, I hold the baby in the left hand and I write with my left hand. So that made it kind of, kind of difficult to get that done, but you got uh, it done, Jeff, you got, you got it, it done, done, bro. You, you hit the deadlines. <laughs> I did hit the deadlines. It was stressful. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It was sure. stressful. And I know these deadlines were, were, you know, self-imposed, but you know, this whole project for me also, you know, having a team at home, being a team of four, um, you know, I wasn't afraid to say, Hey guys, can I have a couple extra days if I yeah. need it? And, yeah. and I know that, you know, we did that a couple of times, but you know, I didn't want to let you guys down with not hitting our deadlines. So, you know, it was finding time, having the support from Beth, um, you know, taking care of the baby, taking care of the other kids and just finding that time in between our crazy world to, to write, to write what's up here on paper. Great question. Thanks for asking. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff, Jeff. You're up. Yeah. So, um, you know, Andrew, I, I, you know, you talk about, you know, how we connected, right? And you and I, uh, once upon a time, connected um, via Twitter. Um, you know, I became a, a follower of yours. I can't remember where I stumbled upon you, but it was via Twitter. And and ultimately, I had you uh, come work with our school leaders in a former district that I worked in, not once but twice. Um, uh, because I think your your work is outstanding. That's right. Twice. I think your work is outstanding. But, you know, you're you're a longtime school principal. You're a husband. You're a father. Uh, you're an entrepreneur. You're a speaker. You're a writer. You've written four books. Um, you know, my question for you, Andrew, is how on earth do you find balance? And I think that's one of the key takeaways to this book. If you read through it as, as fathers and leaders, um, finding that balance. How do you find time for your wife? How do you find time um, with your children? How do you find time to write your books? How do you find time to be a dynamite, amazing school leader that I know that I know you are? How do you do it all? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And uh, again, listening to you guys is bringing back so many memories of the process. But even looking at the table of contents quickly here, right? Chapter three is time. Uh, chapter five, being intentional. Chapter seven is patience. Um, you know, I know we talked a lot about time when we wrote the book. There were so many stories about that. I think it goes down to two things, uh, Jeff. You use the word find. It's not finding the time. We all have the same amount of time. You're not finding it. You're being intentional about it. So number one, it's scheduling the time, right? Being being you know on your schedule. Uh, Larry's juggling something right now. My kid got a game today. Uh, they lost. Uh, they were... Kevin, they were up four with a minute to go, and they lost. Um, yeah, it's yeah. tough. That's we tough. just lost two. It, was, it wasn't pretty, but uh, yeah, yeah, probably the officials. <laughs> Likely, that's why I'm sitting in the cafeteria. That's a good point. Got attention. Um, you know the the schedule, right? Making sure you're doing it, and then making the important thing the important thing. What can wait? Right. This was a scheduled time we had tonight. 
clearly, uh, you know, my, my family's in the house here, but this had to happen. What can wait, right? What do I need to do now? Um, I like in my school, we're trying to teach our kids about balancing their time. We It's called win, right? What I need, right? What are you doing during that time? Um, and I like to put them in airtight compartments. I, I wrote a blog about sure. it. It's, yeah. it's yep. a mindset of mine. You know, yep. think of that door on the, on, the, on the submarine. You close that door, you know you have an hour to bang that thing out and get that work done and... Um, that's what I kind of do. I, I live. Nice. I live like that. Sometimes having a schedule that's tight is, is is tiring at times. But when you look back at what you accomplished and you look back at the things, it's you know. So it kind of works for me. And uh, uh, but training yourself to stay on that schedule and right, we we focus that time. And now look, what's the end result? The end result is you know, what, Andrew. I like some, something that. you just said. And, and I think when, when we think about balancing work, family life, all those things, we don't recognize sometimes, particularly when you're in these higher, these, these leadership positions, that sometimes the, the important thing has to be your work and, and those commitments. And I, I wrote a chapter in the book about being in Philadelphia for a couple of nights away with my family, right in the thick of like the budget season in New York State. And I knew the presentation was going to be due when I got back. And so I made the choice of going down to the hotel lobby in the morning when it was quiet and finishing it rather than having that on my mind the entire trip. Sometimes that stuff has to get done. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think it's always a balance and, and there's no one right answer for everyone. But I know for me, having to advance in my career and Jeff, you know, mentioned the aspirations of being a superintendent. There are times where <clears throat> what's important now, your family is always important. But what's important now is, is, you know, you're sitting in some random schools, middle school cafeteria with you guys because that's what we do. And so, um, you know, I think sometimes we just have to recognize that when you accept these kinds of positions, that is part of what you signed up for. The work. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Andrew, All right, guys. I, yeah, go, Jeff. I was just going to ask you, you know, as, a, as, a, as a, a seasoned author, you know, as someone who's written other books, you know, when I read through your stories and you talk about this, right, as being as a leader, we got to be amazing storytellers. If you had to rank, what was the most favorite story that you wrote mm. in our book? If you had to rank them one through, you know, 11, 12, however many we wrote. If you say, yeah, that's my number. That's that. That's number one in my heart. That's number one right there. Wow. What, what, what would that one be? A lot sorry of stories, you, man. Sorry to put you on the spot, stories. man. <laughs> wow, yeah. That's great. Yeah, nah, you know, and, and now again, having the book in your hand, you look, oh, yeah, I told that story. Oh, yeah, that experience. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a story of my daughter losing the glove on the uh, the ski lift. Right. And what do you do? Do you go replace it? Do you make her ski without it? Teach her the hard lesson. Um, you know, the story of my dad dropping me off at a party uh, where I was embarrassed about the car we had. And yeah. I told him to drop me off at the end of the road. You know, I was embarrassed but because we had a, a cruddy car. Um, but I was actually talking to my father-in-law. I gave my father-in-law my first copy of the book. And nice. I told him uh, how fortunate I am. And the story <coughs> in there, Jeff, is called The Wall. Um, and when I was a kid, my dad, uh, he was not very handy. But the wall fell in front of the house. And... We went to the hardware store. We got cement. We got shovels. We got dirt. We got rocks. We got sand. And, and, and we didn't have YouTube back then, right? But it was Andrew. Right. <laughs> Andrew, let's figure let's figure this out. And he and he kind of he hired me, kind of 
and, and we learned how to do it together, right? And he didn't know how to do it, but we learned. Right. And the second part of that story was then I got to work with my father-in-law when I was older. Uh, he's a master carpenter. He's a master craftsman. And he taught me in a different way about, hey, this is how you do it, right? And um, that was a great experience to have two construction projects with my dad's, one where I had no idea what I was doing, and the second one being led by a master carpenter uh, about this is how you do it. This is how you make the cut. And those two different styles of leadership from my dad's uh, was a great learning point for me. So that that story is called The Wall. Meaningful. That's very meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to talk about the books, right? Yeah. Yeah. So again, if you're watching live, we'd love for you to jump on the show. Katie's here, asked a couple great questions, uh, but I know we have a number of live viewers. Um, Guys, you know, Jeff, you just asked me about an excerpt in the book. Uh, At this point, uh, again, we wrote excerpts. We had guest writers join us. Uh, Kevin, we'll start with you again. What is an excerpt or a story that you wanted to share from the book? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I, I've, I've had a cool experience since the book came out. Uh, so the opening the opening chapter of the book uh, is titled Melina Smiles. And Melina was a student at my school. Uh, I had taken a new job at this high school and uh, <coughs> a junior at the school, junior in high school. And I could tell that she was very much a loner, uh, had a lot of walls built up. Uh, and I could just tell you could, you know, you get that sense when you've been around kids for uh, high schoolers for 24 years in your career, you kind of get to know them. Uh, even though I didn't know Melina, I knew Melina's type. Uh, so the story goes, um, we had a breakthrough. I would, I would pass her every day. Uh, in the cafeteria, and I would always say hello. Uh, and this was during COVID, so the lunchroom was the only time that you got to not wear a mask. And so she would kind of flash a grin and a smile at me, uh, but that was kind of the end of it. She wasn't engaging at all. Uh, and that went on from March when I got the job to the end of the, her junior year. And it wasn't until the fall of her senior year where she stopped me in the hallway and asked me a question. And I realized uh, in that moment that she's starting to trust me a little bit. Um, and so we just continued to connect and, and kind of the, the the purpose of the story as I think back on it was, was really everybody wants and seeks connection. And, and so whether they're a high school student that wants to put up all those walls whether they're your, you know, teenager at home that likes to come in from school and just go close the door in their room and get on video games or get on their TikTok or whatever, they might not, you know, invite that connection, but they they desperately want it from us as fathers. And so yeah. for her, I, I kind of was ended up being almost a father figure to her. Uh, over the course of her senior year, got to know her um, in a, you know, know her goals. She shared with me her life goals. You know, she was the first one in her bloodline to graduate. But the cool thing about the story is uh, I reached out to her and said, hey, I'd I'd like to write this story in a a book that I'm authoring. Is it okay if I use your name? Uh, Her name is Melina. 
and she was so super excited. Her mother was super excited. And so then she wrote me this long thing on Instagram, which there's some um, uh, screenshots of the of the conversation in the book. But uh, we've continued to kind of connect on Instagram. And her mother bought the book the day it was released. Nice. Sent me a picture of Melina. Wow. I, That's great. Me handing her diploma. Uh, on stage, me handing Melina the diploma, and her mother put this huge long post uh, out on her her mom's social media. The mom and I have never met face to face, but wow. uh, we plan, we plan to do that in the new year because she wants to to meet me. Uh, but she put a, a huge long post about you know what it means to still have leaders in education that care about students. Not great post. Just great post. Scores. Um, and so I think, yeah, I shared that with a lot of, you know, with you guys, but, uh, that was a very cool thing. That was a, a, a great story, even though it wasn't about my personal family. Um, it was very much, I think, a, a way to kind of kick the book off to say people need connection. Yeah. And, and now really, more than ever. yeah, more than yeah. ever. And really what I think is lost is they need a connection with father figures, with, with male, positive male role models. People seek those connections. So uh, that's the one I'd share is, is Melina Smiles, the opening of the book. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Nice. How about you, Larry? What do you, you, you've already shared a couple, Tecmo Bowl and, and whatnot. Do you have any other ones that you'd like to share with us about? Uh... Yeah. So I had a story in there about a day that um, I was really focused. I, if I, you know, I tend to sometimes just get hyper-focused on the work that I have to do in my routine and my schedule. And if that gets rattled in any way I can get frustrated and in this case my seven-year-old just kind of I showed up on the scene and wanted to play and like that turned into one thing and that turned into another thing and you know as as much as you think like well that's a, a great moment it sometimes can be hard to go with when you feel like you have this to-do list and you have to get things done and that's part of what's made you successful is being very task oriented and achievement oriented and it was just a good lesson for me to kind of slow down and realize that you got to take some things as they come. And, 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 you know, and the work was there, right? And it got done and all of that. So, you know, a lot of the favorite stories that I wrote were, you know, I think more professional development, personal development for me to try to recognize those moments and, and work through some of that than anything else. But uh, that's another one that just came to mind. Absolutely. Jeff, how about you? Uh, the one that sticks out to me is is one I replayed my mind um, time and time again, and it's washing the rocks. Um, yeah. You know, I have uh, two little boys. You know, they're both crazy. They're both uh, 100 miles an hour, especially my four-year-old, all day long. Um, love them to death. You know, still, still, as the story goes, you know, it was the first kind of real spring, melty day in upstate New York. So every winter's lifted. The ground is soft, and and uh, my boys were just outside getting muddy, and and um, you know they wanted to find uh, dinosaur bones. So, you know, I just grabbed a couple of shovels, little tiny shovels, and we started digging up rocks, uh, rocks as we call dinosaur bones around here. Um, started digging them up and finding ones that looked neat, and we were calling them, you know, coming up with names of dinosaurs and what possible bone it could be, what part of the body. We get a little handful collection. We <laughs> so you know. As it was time to go inside when the evening ended, you know, the rocks were on the porch that we collected. I was outside cleaning up the all the 
stuff that was out that we brought out through the course of the day because apparently you unload your garage with all these toys with kids <laughs> apparently so um we did that and uh <laughs> what happened was uh you know i went inside and and when you walk through our entrance we have a half bath in our house and the boys are kind of up on their stool washing the water's running and they're giggling and laughing and and uh you know, not a proud father moment, you know, and that's kind of what I, <laughs> what I, what I take from this was, uh, um, I looked and, and the, the sink, the brand new sink that I had installed, uh, was a muddy mess. They were actually washing oh the rocks yeah. in the sink, mud everywhere. Um, and you know, like I said, I, I, I'm making a lot of mistakes as a new father. Um, I'm figuring out as I go, trying to learn from, you know, uh, like gentlemen, like you have little older children. But, uh, you know, it wasn't my best moment. You know, I got a little upset. I took the rocks, took them outside, told them to wash their hands. I cleaned the sink. Um, you know, and one of the things I'm taking away from that, that, you know, it's okay to say yes, right? That's, that's, that's as, as school leaders, you know, if we're, we're, we're not in the business of saying no, you know, if we're saying no too often, um, there's some, in my opinion, uh, there's something wrong. Uh, I think we, you know, we have to tell our teachers yes from time to time. If they have a great idea, say yes. Um, you know, as long as it's not, you know, like I said in the book, violating the mission and vision of the school district, by and large, teachers do great things for kids. They want to do fun, fun thing for kids. Let the fun happen. Um, so that's that's kind of one that sticks out in my head is, is you know, let, let the boys, let my six-year-old and four-year-old have fun because that's what they're here for. They're six and four. They're only going to be six and four once. And if daddy's getting in the way of their fun, um, I need to change. Right. And, and that's to me, I, I think, I think about that story often and it, it breaks my heart the way I reacted. You know, hearing you talk about that, Jeff, Kevin, you mentioned the word failures, right? You, you, it's nice that part of the book too, is not all these wonderful peachy things, right? There was a moment where you were not proud of your reaction, uh, but you were vulnerable enough to share it uh, in the book here. Yeah. And that's what when I said it was a cathartic experience. You know, I could put a lot of my mistakes in writing and it felt good to write about it. Um, and it felt good to, to put that stuff back in my brain where it belongs so I can think about it um, and, and do better next time. Because my kids uh, and my wife um, and the faculty and staff that I proudly serve, they need me to do better, period. Yeah. Well, and, and, and right, do better next time. We're on a journey together. Uh, again, if you're watching live, jump in the show. Uh, we'd love to hear who you are, where you're from, and, and thanks for tuning in. And, and Jeff, thanks for sharing that story. Um, I'll choose one uh, from a guest. Um, we met a lot of great people on, uh, you know, doing this book and, and sharing people. But um, mine is about Merlina Valentine and her husband uh, shared a fantastic mm -hmm. story. It's on page 192, and, and he entitled it, Will You Be My Valentine by Tori Valentine. And, 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 you know, a long story short is uh, Tori's dating Merlina. They're down from New Orleans area. And uh, Merlina's rushed to the hospital. Sorry, I'm saying Merlina. That's Kevin. That's your, that's your girl. That's not Merlina. What's her first name? Yeah, Merlina. Kevin, you're, you're Merlina? What, what was Merlina. your girl? Merlina. Come on. Well, well mine's Merlina. <laughs> uh, and she's rushed to the hospital. She had sepsis and she wound up uh, losing her, her limbs. She lost her arms and her legs. And Tori uh, stayed with Merlina. Tori helped Merlina through her rehab, uh, you know, getting fitted for uh, prosthetics and, and all that whole journey. And now they're married. 
and you hear so many stories of a spouse getting sick or, um, you know, something where they just leave the person and here was the opposite. So I, I, I share the story of, of Tori here. He, he wrote it. Uh, it's just a fantastic thing. And, it, you know, her last name or his last name is Valentine. And the name of the excerpt is, Will You Be My Valentine Forever? Um, and, and what a great story of a, of a couple courting and, and eventually uh, marrying. So I share that and grateful to Tori and, and Merlana for sharing their story uh, down there in Louisiana. So, um, guys, this is taking, uh, uh, you know, we've talking here. We can, we'll go on all night. Um, let's do this. Um, January 2nd, I have a writing seminar coming up. Dr. Larry Dake is our guest speaker uh, at that seminar. Let's go, let's go 90 seconds, one minute to 90 seconds. You know, how did you do it? What was your style? Did you write 30 minutes a day? Did you sit down on a Saturday and write for eight hours? What was your style? Give a quick uh, 90 second uh, answer there. Jeff, why don't we start with you? I'll start. So I, my, my writing for this book can be summed up or put in two different compartments. Chapters one through 10, the first 10 chapters I wrote, I tried to write the first draft perfect a finished product from beginning to end for each chapter. Um, that does not work at all. Um, so I had, to, I, had, I had to go back to the drawing board and say, this is just taking forever. You know, I'm talking about meeting deadlines, right? It took forever yeah. to be perfect sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph, um, and then go on to the next one. So chapters 11 through 20, very simple. Um, I started with a concept and started jotting notes regarding stories, things that happened in my life, there's, you know, certain leadership concepts that I keep in the front of my brain all the time, like intentionality, consistency, growth, um, you know, thinking of those things and then writing notes. So I became a jotter basically for chapters 11 yeah. through 20. Um, and that, and that helped me really compartment. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Andrew, um, that helped me really flush out ideas better. And then when I started writing the final, like the first draft, the drafts went together so seamlessly. So 11 through 20 took me a couple of weeks. Um, chapters one through 10 took me months, months and months because I tried to be perfect. And writing is not a perfect process by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on that, Jeff. Uh, it, it was the first time. Jeff and I is the first time we've tried to author anything. Uh, and so for me, I kind of started the same way. I, I wanted to you know, try to make it perfect. Uh, but I was a morning guy, which I'm typically not a morning guy. Uh, but I found that a Saturday morning, a Sunday morning uh, before going heading out to church when the family's asleep uh, and I was able to just kind of um, have, you know, formulate the story in my brain already. It was kind of already there. Uh, and then it was just kind of me putting that, you know, onto the document and then knowing that it's not going to be perfect uh right away you know knowing that i would re come back and revisit that uh but i had read uh i don't even remember now who it was it might be <clears throat> might be Anne lamont wrote a book called bird by bird which is about the writing process uh but one of the things i, I believe it was from her stories uh she said that she would leave mid-sentence mm. so when it was time mm. to be done instead of trying to finish that excerpt all the way, if, if I was, you know, if, if my family and children were starting to wake up and I, I needed to be done for the day, then I would get my thoughts 
and get them on the document. And then I would leave like mid-sentence. And what I found is that it was a lot easier to then come back to it because hmm. you could you could read okay. that mid-sentence paragraph and you can you knew what needed to come next as opposed to finishing up a, a paragraph or an excerpt. And now you're starting almost like with a blank page. And so when I when I would be able to come back, but uh, as, as I'm I've been doing some more writing since uh, we finished this, uh, I've been doing some writing and and I've, I'm finding that um, immersive writing might be a better way to call it. And I think, Andrew, you've used that where you just really kind of get away uh, and you spend a, a whole day uh, yeah. in the process. Is that what you find, Andrew, with, through your process? Nice, Kevin. And I just wrote in there about it's great to hear it. I've done all of what you guys are talking about. But, yes, my best stuff, Kevin, is in the morning. And, uh, yeah, I get, have a little getaway. I go to a little Airbnb near my house, Currahunks in New York, and um, <laughs> small little studio apartment. And I like to have the name of what I was going to write or the story. I like to have it. I don't sit down at the computer and say, you know, what am I going to write about today? I always have the thing. That's that airtight compartment that I know I want to bang out these three stories or these three excerpts. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of like a – a tidal wave of getting momentum of, of going, warming up. Uh, Kevin, you know, I used to like to warm my hands before I eventually, if I ever got on the court, but the same thing in writing, you want to warm it up. So um, that was kind of my thing, but I needed to get out of my, if I'm in my house, I, I see something I got to pick up. I got to take the dog out. I see uh, uh, some laundry <laughs> I got to put away, something I got to do versus writing. And it's, it can be distracting yeah. in a way, but uh, that's that that's that was my style. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Larry, how about you? Yeah, you know, for me, a lot of it is is I carry ideas around in my head for for a little while before I want to write them down, and then by the time I'm able to get to a computer, I sort of mentally know where where I want to be. I think in terms of this book, when we when we said like, listen, let's shoot for twenty stories or let's shoot for whatever the number. Um, it's first 10 to 12 were easy. And honestly, after that, I started to question whether I had enough to say, and I really had to kind of, you almost had to like dig deep and think about like, what would be impactful? Like what's been impactful. And even going back and like looking at pictures with my kids, cause they knew I was working on this just to get some inspiration because I, you know, I don't think, and at least for me, I'm used to writing about like professional habits and, and leadership habits and, you know, career navigation, but like your own mushy stuff, like, I don't know. It's, it's not necessarily second nature for me to put all that out there and, and really deconstruct it and analyze it. So I really had to carry things around with me for a little while until I kind of thought I had something to put on paper or on a computer and, um, you know, I think once I broke past like the 12, 13 story mark and started to get a little more inspiration, it kind of got finished that way. Tech mobile. Who thought tech mobile would be in a leadership book? Hey, there it is. Right. Guys, this is great uh, talking about it. Again, we're talking about dads, leaders, and father figures. I have one question, though, Andrew. Why didn't we Go talk ahead. about this when we were actually writing, going through the writing process? 
Why are we talking about it now? I, I just picked up so many good strategies that I could have employed earlier on. <laughs> well, Jeff, I know you'll be there at the Write My Book seminar for your second book. Uh, uh, amen. There. But in the end, I mean, we we talked about it, right? The introduction we talked about. It. There's no perfect way. Yeah. You can't right. write like Larry Date. You can't write like Jeff Evner. You have to write like you and in the best way that, that you can. Uh, but it was nice to hear how everybody stole a little bit uh, from each other about how to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Kevin, you know, I've been I've been writing a little bit, journaling more. Right. Um, you know, you talk about remembering our experiences and, and lessons learned from our experiences. So I've done a lot more of that since we decided to get together, write a book. Um, it's been kind of my weekly practice now. Um, you know, asking myself questions, writing answers, to those having thoughts, kind of putting my thoughts on paper and nice. filling, yeah. filling up those composition books, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, guys, we're going to wrap up the show here. I know you got busy families. I'm a, Kevin talked about getting up early. Well, I, I go to bed early so I can get up early. Um, but we're going to have a wrap up question, a kind of a final question. Uh, again, we are talking about dads, leaders, and father figures. Uh, if you're looking for that gift for, for Christmas, you're looking for that gift for uh, a loved one, this is it. Uh, great stories, uh, very personal stories. I know the four of us are very proud to have Todd Whitaker. We're all educators. Todd Whitaker is a master educator. Here's his uh, testimonial on the back cover. It reads, the book, Dads, Leaders, and Father Figures, has many stories, anecdotes, and experiences that will resonate with the reader. The book challenges you to reflect and go deeper in your own role as a dad, leader, and father figure. Again, we're grateful to Todd Whitaker uh, for that um, testimonial. So, guys, this is a little roundtable question, quick question, quick answer uh, to wrap us up here for the night. Um I'm not sure who wants to kick it off first, but we have a few to choose from. Uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and uh, you ask your question first. And who who's your question for, Jeff? All right. So, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, um, my favorite state outside of New York State is North Carolina. My wife and mm. I got married in the Outer mm. Banks. We traveled. To, I wrote a story about going to the beach and how going to the beach now is so different. Than it was just when it was just my wife and I. It was a lot easier. Life was more simple, right? So I guess my questions for for Kevin, you know, is is, you know, you run a big organization. You run a large school. Your school itself is larger than my district. Wow. My so my my question for you, Kev, is is how do you in 2023, right? It's the new school. It's not a new school year, but it's a new calendar year. You get to start fresh. What are some things that you're looking to do in 2023? at your school to make sure all 2,400 individuals, students and your faculty and staff are all rowing in the same direction or continue to roll yeah. in the same direction? Yeah, great question, Jeff. Uh, thanks for that. And and you said roll in the same direction or row? Row. Row. Yeah, row. that's a little shout out to, to uh, P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck, that's right. Minnesota football. Uh, yeah, so – it's funny that you you use that analogy because um, we've kind of adopted at at West Forsyth a we call it one West, um, but we've kind of tried to adopt a you know we're in this for the greater good. Um, we we are located in Clemens, North Carolina, which Clemens is not is 
the municipality is a village. It's not a town. It's not a city. It is called the village of Clemens. So uh, as I came on board to this campus a couple years ago, uh, we started really adopting the village mentality. What does it mean to be a student at our school? What does it mean to be part of One West? You know, uh, and so that vision as we head into the spring of 23 and uh, the spring of this school year, uh, this is our first year, you know, as we all are coming out of post-pandemic, um, we're looking at, you know, really a, a spring semester that is hopefully as close to what it felt like to be in school in 2019. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're wanting to continue that message, that one West, uh, that what does it mean to be part of the village? Those, uh, you know, those core values that we preach, like uh, equity, accountability uh, within our school, within our school's mission and vision. My role in that, the way I see my role is to really, like you guys said earlier, to to say yes to teachers more, to really support our staff, support our folks that are doing the work in the classroom, and then also to lift up the student voice. Uh, I'm a real real big advocate for for student voice and using that uh, to to guide the the rudder of the ship, so to speak. If we're rowing a boat, then uh, the students need to be a part of that. And so um, so that's that's where we're wanting to to move towards uh, in 23 is is starting to feel more and more ownership on a campus of 2400 students. That can be difficult. Uh, but I was at a basketball game, a school game earlier today, and uh, a couple of our students in the student section were kind of filtering out after the game. And and I said, I said, hey, Nick, have a great Christmas. Have a great holiday. And Nick's dad uh, was right behind me. Nick's a sophomore at the school and Nick's dad didn't know who I was. And he said, sir. And I was like, I'm, you know, introduce myself, principal. And he said, oh. My, my students all right and the principal to know my kid's name that's concerning I was like nah nah man it's I, I try to learn all their names not that I'm gonna get to everybody but um you know having that connection with students I think is very important yeah love it love it one one west yeah one west and and one at a one at a time one day at a time one class at a time uh one test at a time whatever you know whatever it is and one kid at a time so one West. Nice. Great answer, Kim. Larry, you look hey guys, like I'm still here. I just, got I just got kicked out of the middle school cafeteria. So, so uh, well, I, I will, uh, I'll give you some, I'm going to, Larry, I'm going to give you some time to process and I'm going to jump over to Andrew. I'm going to shoot you a question, Andrew. Let's uh, do it. What you, you like, you've written three other books. Um, as you think about, what you want folks to take away after reading this book on dads, fathers, uh, leaders, and father figures? What do, what do you want the reader to walk away from after they after they digest the two hundred plus pages uh, of this collaborative uh, project? Yeah, thanks, Kevin. And again, honor to write this with you guys. Um, I want I want them to feel inspired. I want dads to feel confident. Uh, I want dads to feel like, wow, there, you know, there's some other guy 
that yelled at his kids when they got the sink dirty. You know, here's another guy that, you know, whose kid wasn't answering him when he was asking a question to feel that we are part of a tribe. Kevin sent me a book, uh, you know, the, about the power of tribes there and being connected. Uh, we put our contact information in there. We're going to start a podcast uh, uh, weekly where we're each uh, hosting um, a week. And then uh, I'd like to, guys, after four weeks, maybe we do one together again. Um, but I want dads to feel connected. Sometimes it can feel lonely uh, that you, you're on you're, you're on an island. But we share so many authentic stories in here. I want dads to feel just more confident, more ready. Kevin, you mentioned a story about Nick today. I, I spoke to a parent today. It was a former student of mine. She was a, one of my high school students. And, and Something happened with her kid today, and we got talking about bedtimes, taking the phone out of the bedroom, putting filters on the cell phone for the kid. I mean, she's a 13-year-old girl daughter. And to have that connection, you know, as a parent, she said, can I ask you a personal question? How do you handle this? And it was uh, nice to be able to share. So it's nice to be able to share our personal stories, not only of us as male leaders, but also as our fathers, Kevin, you know, you're very humble. I know you don't want to brag too much, but you had an amazing last uh, chapter that I know you uh, read to your father on his 81st uh, birthday. A man is a sentence talking about the great Ken Spanauer. Um, you know, that was beautiful. That's the conclusion of the book. A man is a sentence, but just about, hey, aren't you Kenneth Spanauer's son? and the legacy that that means and what it means to be a, an impactful father. So uh, my hope is people feel inspired, uh, confident, and uh, connected, I would say. Yeah, to walk the journey knowing that there's others along the path that's walking that same journey with you. Um, and I think that's powerful. I think there's, as you like to say, there's power in storytelling, but there's power in connection. Um, and having fathers feel like, um, because leadership can be lonely and sometimes fatherhood can too. And so having there be a connection where, uh, there is a, a support system, even if it's not, you know, even if it's not face to face, there's a support system there. And I think that's what we're going to try to do as we, uh, make some, some, um, uh, jumpstart our, our podcast. We make some opportunities, create some opportunities for dads to connect uh, in a way that can, that can benefit them, both their families and their leadership styles, their leadership, uh, you know, as they, they navigate. So yeah. thanks, Andrew. Yeah, man. And I know Larry's in transit there, guys. Uh, Kevin, Jeff, anything else you want to share before we want, we're going to wrap up here? Yeah, just real quick. Matters of full disclosure. Uh, Katie LaFrance, uh, the uh, one one asking the questions here. That's my much older sister of eleven months. She's a phenomenal um, uh, uh, earth science teacher, ninth grade go. earth science teacher, a uh, longtime educator, um, great sister, and uh, I'm glad she's chiming in. Nice. Thanks, Katie. Kevin, how about you? No, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see where this journey takes us uh, as as forefathers and leaders in our own uh, paths, but I'm also excited to see what we can share and how we can uh, continue to learn because, you know, we don't get it right. And I think that's uh, yeah. very valuable for people to understand and know just because we might've put words on a paper and we've 
we've got a book. That doesn't mean that we are any type of experts whatsoever. And so as we kind of start our journey uh, together, I think it's important that uh, hopefully we're going to be able to connect with with dads across the country and in and, and leadership positions. And it, does it help that we're all school leaders? Yeah, sure. Um, maybe that's who we're going to connect with most. Maybe that is our target audience. But at the same time, I believe this is a um, conversation and this is a, uh, a process that I think can help all leaders uh, for us to yep. be connected, for us to grow together, uh, to ask some real questions, to have some real conversations about what it means to parent in 2023, <laughs> you know, uh, because it looks a whole lot different than when I started in 2022, uh, when I started, became a dad for the first time. It looks a lot different 20 years later. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll be able to, to be able to have some, you know, solid interactions, some solid connections. And, and again, learn, learn from each other. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, well said, Kevin. Uh, we know Larry's on uh, transit there. So on behalf of uh, my team here, uh, these great leaders, we're going to sign off. Uh, a couple logistical questions. If you're interested in the book, it is on Amazon. So check it out. Um, if you want personalized copies, we each have copies. Uh, you could go on the website there, Dads, Leaders, and Father Figures, uh, and reach out to one of us, uh, and they'll, they'll sign that for you and get that to you. And uh, be on the lookout for the Dads, Leaders, and Father Figures podcast. We're going to kick that off in 2023, um, and we're going to have our guests on on the program. We're going to have a number of guests uh, that, that wrote excerpts. I know a number tuned in tonight. Uh, if you tuned in, we thank you. Leave us a question or a comment on there. Guys, it was an honor uh, to work with you, and uh, I wish you the best here in 2023 to you and your families. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, everybody, for chiming Thank in you. tonight. Have a great yeah. holiday season. You guys stay on the line a sec. We're going to sign off here on Education, Leadership, and Beyond. Uh, we are on Twitter here. Uh, Kevin Spanner, Jeff Evner, Andrew Murata, and Larry Dake uh, signing off here for Dads, Leaders, and Father Figures. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Kevin, we'll keep rolling, and as you say, enjoy the journey.